Before we begin our study tonight, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. And by the way, if, if you go to our Facebook page, you can find that prayer both in English and in Hebrew. We posted it today. And uh, you'll find all the scriptures that we'll be using this, uh, this Shabbat as well on Facebook. Our Beth Israel Facebook page, our Messianic Jewish Teachings Podcast Facebook page, and my personal Facebook page. So if you use Facebook, you can find all these scriptures and you can follow along if you prefer not having to exercise your fingers and turning the pages in your Bible. As we're preparing for the arrival of the Jewish New Year, our, our Torah portion this weekend reminds us that we need to keep the future in mind. We need to remember that we're not alone, and we need to be mindful of God's heart to us. You can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1. And it opens with uh, a look to the future. It says this. This is the Lord speaking through Moses. When the time arrives that all these things have come upon you, both the blessing and the curse which I have presented to you. So this is interesting. There's, there's a future time that's being spoken of in Deuteronomy 30. It's after Israel settles in the promised land. They haven't even gotten to the promised land yet. They haven't crossed over yet. And we can cut the monitors on the stage if you have any way of doing that. Um, if not, cut any of the, yeah, any stage monitor, that will help. It's a future time, but then it talks about a time of scattering and dislocation when it, it says this, you're there among the nations to which the Lord your God has driven you. So there's a future condition. Israel hasn't even gotten into the promised land and they're being told, when you get there, you're going to be scattered again. Now, is that good news or bad news? It's, it's potentially bad news. But the Lord is sometimes willing to tell us the truth, even in advance, so that we can get ready. It says, you'll be there among the nations to which the Lord your God has driven you. It's also good news. It's not just bad news because it's good news. God is working even when we're scattered. He's working even when we're in exile. He's working even when we're not in the place that, or the destination he wants us to ultimately be in. But he wants us to understand how he works. It says this, then at last you'll start thinking about what has happened to you. That's an interesting perspective. That, that people can actually go far away from the Lord and not even know they're far away. They can go far away from the Lord and not even recognize that spiritual issues are important. And they may feel, for instance, many Jewish people today feel this way, that, that Judaism is not much more than culture. And for some Jews... All of their Jewish expression is culinary Judaism. You know what I mean by that? Kitchen Judaism. You know, like, what do you eat? And 
It's much more than that. For some, it's just, it, it, it's uh, unclear what is Jewishness, and I want to tell you that Jewishness is precious. It's, it's valuable. But in God's eyes, it's always meant to help us connect to him. It's not meant to be a substitute for connecting with God. So anytime our, our Jewish religion becomes the substitute, we start trusting in the religious things that we do rather than in the Lord. This is telling us that we need to and we will turn our attention and start thinking about what has happened to us. In other words, the blessings that have happened to us, the curses that have happened to us. We'll start thinking, what's the spiritual connection between the events in my life and the circumstances in my life? What, what does God have to say about me? That may be where you are right now. You may be thinking deeply about life and asking questions, important spiritual questions, such as, where is God? And where am I in relationship to God? And a question, what about Yeshua? I remember years ago we were doing an outreach in Budapest, Hungary, and we were summoned to meet with a group of Jewish leaders in Budapest who were very angry that we as Messianic Jews were coming to proclaim the good news of Messiah. And so uh, they brought us into uh, a conference room and started making some threats. But what was so interesting to me is most of the guys who were threatening us reminded me of my dad, who was a gentle person, strong but gentle. And so I had like affection towards them and I wasn't really feeling intimidated. And I thought, you know what? Let's just, let's just be straight with each other. So I said to them, there's only one reason why you've asked us to come or you told us we have to come. I'm sort of that bold. And that is, you're afraid that Jewish people will come to what we're doing. They'll come to the outreach that we're doing. If you weren't concerned about that, there'd be no reason to try to oppose anything. And I said, let me tell you something. You can't stop Jewish people from asking the question, is Yeshua the Messiah? You can't stop it no matter what you do. You may be able to stop us, but you can't stop Jewish people. You can't stop all Jewish people from asking this question. Jewish people have been asking this question for 2,000 years already. And don't think that you can stop that process. So let's be honest with each other as we're, as we're talking. It was a fascinating time. You see, many Jewish people are still saying, what about Yeshua? During World War II in Rome, do you know that the chief rabbi of, of Rome became a believer in Yeshua. And he actually decided to wait until after the war, hoping he and others would survive before he announced it publicly. But he became a believer in Yeshua. Can you imagine the chief rabbi of Rome became a believer? Many other rabbis have become a believer. But it's not just rabbis. Other Jews 
Because Jewish people are asking this question, what about Yeshua? And I'm going to ask you a question. Who do you think he is? You may be saying, I think he's the Messiah. And I want to encourage you, you're right. He is the Messiah. And you need to get this matter settled. Well, Deuteronomy 30 goes on and it says, verse 2, you will return to the Lord your God and pay attention to what he has said. That's an interesting idea. You see, God is looking for our return. And our return is a turning to him. And it's also, for, for most people, it's accompanied by reading the Bible. Now, can I be honest with you? When, when I was growing up, my mother had respect for Catholics, but not for a certain uh, tradition that she thought Catholics followed. The tradition was this, that they didn't read their Bibles and they trusted the priest. They, you know, they actually didn't know what the Bible said, but they would go to the priest and ask the priest, you know, what do we believe? And they would follow that. And what was so amusing to me is it turns out many Jewish people do the same thing with rabbis. We don't read, Jewish people many times will not read the Jewish scriptures, but they'll listen to a rabbi talk about certain things and say, well, that's what we believe, even if they don't personally believe it themselves. But what I've noticed is when God is wanting to revive a Jewish person in this, in this era, he brings us into contact with the scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, as well as the writings of the apostles. And when you start reading them, they become alive to you. How many of you had that experience? Where you started reading the Bible and it was like it was written to you and for you, and there were things in there that were speaking directly to you. Sometimes... You read the Bible and you say, well, that's speaking to me, but maybe it's just my own thoughts. But this is what I've noticed. You can be reading the Bible and you come across something you don't want to read. And it convicts you. Has anybody ever had that experience? And you want to skip over it and find a place, you know, where it's, it doesn't have that reaction cause that reaction. So you skip over and you come to another place and you're reading happily and then you come across something else and it convicts you too. How many have had this experience? It's like you're trying to get away from the things in the Bible that speak to the hardest parts in your own heart and soul. But the scripture is active and alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It can, it can separate between soul and spirit. It can judge the attitudes of our heart. And so one of the ways you know that these spiritual thoughts you're having are not just thoughts originating in you are when they convict you, when they challenge you, when they speak to you about doing what you're not inclined to do and what you don't even want to do. How many can relate to this? You see, the power of God is revealed often to us through the scriptures. We find out not only what is good, but we find out what is not good. We find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Sometimes we'll read the scriptures and they'll encourage us. Sometimes they'll answer questions we didn't even know we had or we couldn't even put into words. 
you're reading and all of a sudden something speaks to you and answers a question you've never spoken out loud to anybody. Maybe you couldn't even form it clearly into words, but as you're reading, not only does the question become clear, but the answer becomes clear. As you're returning to the Lord and paying attention to what he says, you'll, you'll notice that faith starts rising up in you, and, and you'll know it's faith because you don't want to suppress it. It's not just wishful thinking, but it's something that's strong, and you know it's from the Lord, and it touches you, and it resonates within you, and whenever you start saying yes to the faith that's rising up in you, there's a joy and a challenge that come together. I was talking to an old friend today. She'd listened to one of the podcasts about um, the joy of obedience to the Lord. And she said she had this experience recently. She was in line. She was at a store. And there was a woman who uh, was like nearby. And the, and the woman said, well, I only have a few things, so I'll go first. You know, like cutting in front of her. But my friend said to her, no, that's okay, you actually were ahead of me. Well, the woman didn't hear right and um, got offended and moved away and was pouting and, and let my friend you know, go first. And my friend was trying to let her go first because it was really her, her turn in line. And the woman was you know, like hostile and angry and fussy, and, and my friend tried to explain, and she wouldn't listen, and she just uh, basically stormed out of the store upset. And, and my friend was praying, and she had heard, just heard this message about uh, the joy of obedience, and so she said, Lord, I want to make this right. You know, I got to find an opportunity to, to put this right with her. Why should this woman carry, you know, these wrong feelings? And so a day or two later, she was somewhere else, and she saw that woman. She realized, I know her. I don't know her name, but I, I know, you know, she's like from my neighborhood area. And so she went up, and she introduced herself, and she said, I, I want to apologize because I don't think it was clear um, what I was saying to you, but I was saying, it's your turn. You go first. And the woman said, I am so sorry because I didn't hear you right but not only that, I was upset about something else with somebody else, and I took it out on you. And my friend said, I just wanted you to be at peace and not to you know, be upset if you saw me again. Because we live in a small town and you'll see me again. And they parted happily. And you know what my friend said? She had joy. Because she knew it was the Lord who was telling her you know, to, to find a way to straighten out this thing. Now, the thing was a small thing, don't you agree? But it seemed to my friend that it was pleasing to the Lord to make peace in this way, and not to just say, ah, oh, that person's cranky. Have you ever been cut off by someone? I heard Joel Osteen, of all people, talking about this, and he, he said, you know, you can look around the people you're worshiping with and think they're really nice, but out there on the highway, <laughs> they may be a different person, and you cut them off, and they may salute you with one finger. 
And he said, and I'm not talking about saying Jesus is Lord. And he said that. I thought, I didn't know he talked like that. But believers sometimes are believers most of the most of the time, but not behind the wheel or not in the store. You can understand from experience. But there's a joy that happens to rise up in your hearts and in your minds when the Holy Spirit leads you and he shows you something to do. Whether it's hard to do or easy to do, there's a joy that comes to you. How many can confirm that? You've had that joy that comes from just being obedient, even if it's a simple thing. Even if you're uncertain about it, but you have this feeling like, I think the Lord wants me to do this. Or even if you're against it, if you've been 100% against doing something, but the Lord convicted you in some way and you did it and then you found joy. So the, the scripture goes on. You pay attention to what the Lord has said which will be exactly what I'm commanding you to do today. So now the Lord brings it all the way back to Israel standing right there. And says, that's what I'm talking about. Listen to me now and my commands. You and your children with all your heart and all your being. So it's a family thing and it's a heart thing. In fact, every nook and cranny of who we are is what God is interested in. He wants to to get into the the parts that we're most protective, self-protective about. He wants wants to reach every part of your heart. The great commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all. Say all, all. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And love your neighbors yourself, that second great commandment. And so here, here the word through Moses is you and your children will start paying attention to the Lord with all your heart and all of your being. You'll start doing this. You won't be holding back. You'll be opening up. That's one of the signs that faith is active in you is you're looking for more opportunity to serve the Lord and be obedient to the Lord, not for less opportunity. And then verse 3, at that point, the Lord your God will reverse your exile and show you mercy. He will return and gather you from all the peoples to which the Lord your God has scattered you. You see, God will show you mercy. Maybe you didn't appreciate how much mercy you need. Maybe you thought that you could manage life the way you had done before. You could manage on your own. But now you recognize you need mercy. In fact, as we're approaching Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we're all supposed to sober up and realize, I need mercy. I need more mercy, not less mercy. And you may know that you need mercy from people, but it's just as important to know that you need mercy from the Lord himself. Sometimes people think, well, I'm basically a good person, and so everything's fine, and, and then they conjecture, you know, I'm going to be in heaven with God without having thought 
you know, very clearly or, or deeply about this question. How do I, if I'm gonna be in heaven with God, how do I live on earth with God now? We need mercy from him. And then it says something really interesting. It says, the Lord will return to you. If you'll return to me, he says, I'll return to you. Isn't that interesting? So when you turn to the Lord, you'll discover just how far away you were. And sometimes you'll even discover how close you were. You may not have realized that you were like this close. And the Lord was watching over you and protecting you and looking out for you and arranging relationships and circumstances and situations because he was so close, he was just trying to get you even closer. He returns to you and you know there's nothing, there's nothing like the sense of life and hope when you see the Lord coming close to you. I was on the phone today, car phone, and I had both hands on the wheel and, but I was using, you know, like the speakerphone capabilities of my phone. I was trying to pay close attention, but I was having a serious conversation with someone. And so I knew I needed to be really alert. I got to an intersection, uh, you know, a traffic light. I needed to make a left-hand turn on a busy highway in, in Jacksonville. So I needed to cut across traffic, but I had to wait until the traffic light turned yellow. Do you ever do that? You pull far enough in, and when it turns yellow, you look to make sure everybody slowed down or stopped, and then you cut across. So I was, I thought, paying attention. And the light turned yellow, and I was there in the intersection ready to make my left-hand turn, and it turned red, and I realized, well, I gotta get out of the intersection. So I, I started to go, and right before I started going faster, my wife made some kind of noise and grabbed my arm, and I saw a car that was speeding through the red light. Not at the intersection, they were like down, and because she grabbed me and said whatever she said, I stopped. The car went right past me, And then I cleared the intersection. I said to the person I was talking to, well, we were half a second away from being dead. As fast as the car was going and where it would have hit us, we would have been dead. And so my friend said, well, I'm really glad you didn't get hit because I wouldn't have known what was going on. I mean, that was just one of the reasons she would have been glad that we weren't hit. She said, I would have just thought it was a bad connection but we were this close. Have you ever been spared like that? How many have had that experience? And you're trying to be careful. You're not, you're you're trying to give all your attention to what you're doing, but even so you get spared from something that you need sparing from. That's the mercy of God. That's the protection of God. That's the shield of God. I, I could be dead already today. Half a second away, that's what I'm talking about. 
And so guys, let me, let me just speak to you for just a second. Have, have you ever been upset when your wife's giving you directions when you're driving in the car? And it's like, yeah, 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 I know how to drive. Never. <laughs> this is one of those moments where I am so thankful for my wife having another set of eyes and paying attention and amen and knowing how to grab me and whatever it is that she said and did was by the Holy Spirit I believe and so I'm alive today yeah yeah that's I, I want to give thanks to the Lord because I mean I'm a good driver I haven't had accidents I try not to speed too fast <laughs> but today I got spared by half a second. I'm not exaggerating. When I say half a second, literally one half second more, we would have been plowed through by a car going about 50 miles an hour, and it would have hit us in just such a way it would have been a disaster. And you've been spared a funeral. You don't have to go to my funeral today or tomorrow or, and I'm alive. So I'm thanking the Lord, I'm alive. And, and I want the Lord to know, I know he spared us and protected us. Afterwards, my wife said, you gotta be more careful. You've gotta be more attentive. And you know what I said to her? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> this wasn't one of the days to argue. Yes, ma'am. Mercy. You see, sometimes when God returns to us and he comes close to us, it's, it's so real the way it touches our life. It just, it, it affects us. Have you ever prayed for someone who was just so dear to you and they, they had no solution for the problems in their lives, but God answered them? And you took it as an answer to your prayer because you know how you were praying. And the joy and the relief and the sense of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you wanted to even listen to me. You even cared what I cared about. That experience of closeness with the Lord, it's not religious, but it is spiritual. And it's so serious that it, it really builds us up and really connects us with the Lord. I, th- I think sometimes we can have experiences like Abraham had or, or Sarah had or Moses had or King David had where God is so palpable, he's so present, he's so real in our lives that, that we know we can talk to him and we know we can hear from him. And our, our spirit man and our spirit woman are having fellowship with the Lord. And we know it. Well, these are things that are on my mind right now as we're reading this week's Torah portion, as we're preparing for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. At Rosh Hashanah, we're, we're proclaiming the kingship of God. And we're proclaiming he's creator, but not just creator like in, a, in an impersonal way, but very personal. He knows you. He knows you by name. He calls you. He cares for you. He knows how many hairs are still on your head. 
That's a loose translation. He knows words that are forming in your mouth as you're about to say them because he's paying that close attention. He knows you that well. He knows your name. He knows you're rising up in the morning and you're going to bed. He knows when you're paying attention and when you're not. He knows how to rescue you. Many people, many Jewish people at Rosh Hashanah will be proclaiming that um, God sent a redeemer, Moses, when the children of Israel were in Exodus. But the scripture says more than that. It says also that God will send a redeemer. And that's why we pray in the Amidah that God, you will send a redeemer to our children and our children's children. So the work of Moses was done then, but there's work to be done, other work of redemption. And the scripture also says that God is our redeemer. And we'll never fully understand that Mashiach is the Redeemer and thus God, Mashiach is Adonai, until we understand the full measure of redemption that we need, that's required in order to purchase us and get us out of slavery. Until we know that we're living in bondage, we'll never know how much freedom is still available to us. Until we know that we're not helpless victims of the past, But God has a good plan for us to set us free and to bring us forward and to be fruitful. As long as we're thinking we're just victims or as long as we're thinking we're completely innocent, we'll never fully experience the redemptive power of God. But when he he forgives us and we realize we need forgiveness, that's when we realize just how much he loves us. And how close he wants to be. So I hope you'll prepare yourself and you'll take these, uh, the, the remaining time between now and Rosh Hashanah. You might be saying to yourself, well, why do I need to prepare? Yom Kippur will come when Yom Kippur comes. I'll repent then. Repentance is a way of life. Don't wait. Don't wait until the wrong time. Every day can be a time of turning to the Lord. That's my prayer for you and for me, that we'll use this time. We'll use it uh, to express our awe, our fear, our respect, our love of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you anticipated that even when we were scattered in the nations of the world, even in the United States, even in Florida, even in Jacksonville, that we would start thinking about you and we would turn to you. You anticipated that because you want us to return. You want us to come close. You want us to have fellowship with you, closeness with you. You want us to experience the full measure of redemption and of your love. And so, Lord, we want to keep our hearts open in these days and in these weeks ahead that, that we would be able to seek you and find you because we're seeking you with all of our hearts. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Let's close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.